Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Glad you all remembered we were on here tonight after another non-promotion by Richard Cross. I tell you, he just, just something, something inside that guy. The jealousy. I don't know what it is. I, I enjoy I enjoy picking at him when he when he forgets to uh, to give us a plug. But that's all right. He still loves us, as far as I know. Anyway, this is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm trying to fiddle with my camera here. I'm trying to make it trying to make it look like it's supposed to go. For those of you watching on Super Talk TV, I want you to get as much hate ad in the camera as I've said many times. Our analytics have shown that the more of me that you can see, the higher the ratings are. I don't know why that is, but. Apparently that's how it goes. Rhino is down there in Studio X. I wish we could see him. That's a good-looking man. He's in a, and he's in a good mood today. Uh, he's down there making sure we do everything uh, correctly here on the show. We got a lot to talk about here on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, a day away from SEC baseball. Two days, two weeks in a row. Uh, this will be staying involved in the Thursday series. Of course, the whole conference is Thursday through Saturday uh, this week, as they you will not be playing on Easter Sunday. That's a that's a move that I feel like I can get behind. You know, Having Easter Sunday off is, you know, that, that's, that's just smart, you know, because, you know, never mind the players, you know, fans and everything else, you know, people want to be with their families on Easter. So good move by the SEC. I think they've done it the past few years, and this was a good one, a good decision by, by the higher-ups there. And this baseball team this weekend traveling to play Alabama. Alabama's, you know, you look at their overall record, they're 22-8, and eight, and you think, okay, that's a pretty good team. But then you look a little deeper. The last four weekends they have been swept by Columbia, uh, that is the Uni- Columbia University in New York City, alma mater of Ian Rappaport, former MSU beat writer. Of course, everyone knows who he is. And then they've been three and six so far uh, in conference play. They're, they've lost every series. They've lost two out of three to Florida, to Kentucky, and then last week to Arkansas. So they've played quality competition, sort of the same thing as Mississippi State, right? States played uh, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina. That's three of the top ten teams in the country. Same with the same with Alabama. Alabama's had a little bit more success, if anything. But you know their their first you know fifteen or so sixteen games they 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 didn't play anybody and it, it's shown when they they've seen, seen some real competition they haven't really been able to do anything so this is a gettable series for Mississippi State and I say that to say this if they don't get this one it's time to start you know worrying about other things this is this is the series for Mississippi State they they need to get this series I feel like State is as healthy as it's been all year. From a hitting perspective, it feels like their bats are, are going in the right direction. Dakota Jordan, we all saw what he did last week. He, you know, he seems to have figured some things out. The ceiling, the sky is the ceiling. Never mind the roof. The sky is the ceiling for Dakota Jordan. That guy is as good. That guy is a potential future first round MLB pick. No question about it. From a pitching perspective, State announced its uh, rotation today. Cade Smith back into the rotation. He'll get the first start on, uh, on tomorrow. Gerangelo Sanjay on uh, on Friday, Landon Gartman on Saturday. You have Nate Dome in the bullpen. You have Bradley Lofton in the bullpen. 
Evan Sierra, you have, you know, you hope Aaron Nixon can give you the late innings. Brock Tapper has been okay. You've got options there. You've got guys who can, you know, you've got a couple of things where you can set up where, you know, if you can get five innings out of Kate Smith on Thursday, you could get four innings out of Nate Dome. You're in good shape. Can you get five innings out of Senjay and four innings out of Lofton? Gartman, you know, is good for two trips through the order, and then you go, you turn it over to Sierra and maybe Nixon and then. You know, that's your best-case scenarios for Mississippi State. State needs some best-case scenarios. They got an easy win Tuesday night against a grambling team that was clearly outmatched. But I, one of the things I've said for years on the on the Thunder and Lightning podcast, and I don't know if I've said it here yet, but we'll, this is one of the rules of the show, is that if you're a good team and you play a bad team, you should beat the crap out of them. And that's what State did. And I'm not saying State's a good team, but at least, you know, it wasn't 3-2. to two. You know, they, they went out there and exerted their will, and they were never in doubt, and they run-ruled them and, and got out of the game early. So we'll see. But this this series for the, with Alabama, and then, of course, you know, next week you play Ole Miss. Ole Miss tied for last in the SEC with Mississippi State. Misery does indeed love company. These two teams, they, can't, they just can't get enough of each other. And it's very possible, you know, Ole Miss is playing Arkansas this weekend. Very possible if State loses this series with Alabama and Ole Miss loses its series with Arkansas. I mean, somebody has to win the series next weekend. It has to happen, right? I don't think a game can get rained out. But if you could pick up two series win in a row, if you could beat Alabama two games this week, if you could beat Ole Miss two games this week, next week, then you go to Auburn, who hasn't been great either. Then you're at least in the in the discussion of okay, they're going to get to Hoover, you know. Tough way to end the season, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU. You get Texas A&M at the end, which right now looks like a series where you can at least get a game. And that game might be the difference between going to Hoover and not for Mississippi State. And I've been thinking, and I, I, I talk about this a little bit more on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast, but we'll talk about it here too. I've, I've been thinking about this, and I, I've, I'm, I'm not even convinced myself of it, but I'm, it's just it's in my mind that... I think if State gets to Hoover, I think Scott Foxhall, I feel like his days are kind of numbered at Mississippi State. It's going to be difficult for Scott Foxhall to return, regardless, unless something happens, there's like a major league turnaround, this team is in a regional at the end of the year. But I think Foxhall, you know, if this season goes the way we think it's going to go, you know, State will have a new pitching coach next year, for sure. But I think if they get to Hoover, that might be enough to keep Lamonis for another year. And, I, and I'm just trying to explain what I think the administration would do, not not necessarily what I would do, not necessarily what you would do. But it, you know, from where they are right now, they're one they're one and eight in the conference. If they they probably have to win at least eleven games to get to Hoover, right? So that would be what in the final twenty one games, uh, they would be our final uh, twenty games. They would be ten and ten. I mean that's that's improvement. And if you win a series against Alabama, Ole Miss, and Auburn, you get one from Texas A&M, let's say you take one from Arkansas here in Starkville, maybe get one up at Tennessee. Maybe you get one. I don't think you can get one at LSU because of the way their, their, their offense works. But, you know, if you could, if you just don't get swept the rest of the year and you find a way to win the three series that we're talking about, that, 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 that might be enough. That might be enough to get another run. At it for Chris for Chris Lamonis with, with the new pitching coach in place, 
Maybe, you know, maybe a whole new staff. I don't know. And that would be a difficult proposition because you would have people saying, well, if he has another bad year, probably gone. You know, do I want to put myself in that position? You know, but Mississippi State is a place where you can say, look, we'll make it financially worth your while to put yourself in that position. You'll make more in one year than you'll make in three years at whatever school you're at currently. So it's something to watch for. But it's got to start this weekend. If they just go out and get manhandled by Alabama, if they're giving up double-digit runs to Alabama and they lose two out of three or, or get swept, then, I mean, at that point, it's just going to be after this Ole Miss series, you can kind of check out. You want to be there for Super Bulldog weekend. That's enjoyable. You want to beat the Rebels. I get that. But at that point, it's just it's just time to tap out, you know, start grilling on the weekends, play golf, something else, come back in uh, in June when the, when the coaching search is done. Got to happen this weekend. You know, you showed a spark last weekend. The fire needs to get lit starting tomorrow for Mississippi State. It was, you know, it wasn't enough just to win the one game. You, you had a chance on Saturday. You were up four three, and you had a complete meltdown. No other way to describe what happened in the late innings on Saturday at Duty Noble last week. Meltdown. Just don't can't have it again. Got to find a way to get the timely hit. Got to find a way to get the timely out. Got to find a way to make the play in the field. I feel like you know this team. You know, Lamonis keeps saying, you know, "We're close, we're close," and I don't like. I said, I don't know if I agree with him on that, but I get where he's coming from at least. I get what he's saying. I see what he's talking about. I just don't necessarily agree with it because I'm I'm in total wait and see mode with this baseball team. I have I am improve it. You got to show me before I'll buy anything, kind of thing. I'm not I'm not going to sit out here and and tell you I think that they're close. I think they're about to turn it around. I want to see some turnaround. I'll be late on this one. I'll be reactionary. I'll come back to you in a couple weeks if they they win these next two series and be like, oh well, he was right. I'm happy to do that, but I'm not going to sit here to tell you today when they're one and eight in the conference that, yeah, oh yeah, they're close. They're close. Yeah, I'm 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 not going to be the one that does that. That's Chris Lamonis' job to do that too, of course. You know, what's he else is he going to come up there and say what I'm saying? No, absolutely not. Terrible idea. Imagine, imagine the coaches sit up there like me, like ah, we're terrible. Got no shot. We'll talk a little more baseball when we come back. I want to talk a little, go a little deeper into the pitching problems and the pitching issues that this this uh, team has had this year. And can they figure it out? The pieces to the puzzle. How how do you attack the weekend from this from a pitching perspective? Because that's where state has has got to get better. We'll do that. We'll talk a little spring football later in the show, and uh, got a few more things to talk about as well. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Here on Thunder and Lightning Live, 
Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for joining me here. If you ever missed the podcast, it's easy to find. It's right there wherever you get podcasts. Just subscribe to the Thunder and Lightning podcast. Five days a week, we've got great content for you, plus all the interviews that we do. We've got some good ones tomorrow as we continue our spring football preview series. I talk with Trey Biddy of hogsports.com and Nebias Wilborn of AL.com about the Auburn Tigers. Some good stuff there. Those are two huge games for Mississippi State this fall. So good to get some details on them. And, of course, supertalk.fm, all the news about everything going on here in the state, sports, weather, pop culture, it's all right there at supertalk.fm. If you haven't bookmarked the site already, well, I don't know what you're waiting on. So when you look at Mississippi State's pitching, you know, you, you, you can divide it up into, you know, who do you trust and, and who do you not, right? So let's just sort of go down the list here. Casey Hunt. I feel like you can trust Casey Hunt to a point, right? Like, I feel like State has done a, a, a job this year with him of, like, leaving him in for one one batter too long. He gets Give him a couple innings, and then, it, then it's time, you know? I feel like State tries to extend him sometimes. Aaron Nixon is a guy that I feel like I want to trust. I want to trust him. I know the I know the credentials. I know the resume from his time at Texas. But man, he can't stop hitting batters. He just can't stop doing it for some reason. And it's it's really weird to be totally honest with you. He's pitched 5 innings and he's hit 6 batters. That's not a great ratio, you know. That wouldn't be a great ratio for walks, let alone uh hit batsmen. So, I guess you're going to saving you're saving your arm. Not throwing four balls, you're just just hitting them right in the chest. But I, I, I'm going to give him a little trust, right? Evan Sierra is a guy I feel like I can trust. We're going to see if I can trust Kate Smith. You know, I thought his first start of the year was okay. His second start was obviously bad, but you know, it's been at this point we all know that he was not a hundred percent when he was out there on the mound. He just tried to gut it out, and it just didn't work out for him. Last week, I thought he looked great, sharp. Fastball up to about ninety six. Looked like the Kate Smith we've seen before. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out for sure on Kate Smith tomorrow. Colby Holcomb is a guy who's earned some trust over the past few weeks and has pitched well when he's been given the opportunity. Now he had some walks last week against South Carolina, but he also had eight strikeouts. Yeah, eight, eight strikeouts to six walks. Not great. Not a great number. Um, I'm sure Crystal Monis would tell you there were a couple of, of tough calls in that, and that's what got him tossed from that game. But Holcomb is a guy, I know the stuff is good. So I'm going to give him a little trust. I'm going to give trust to Nate Dome. Dome has been, you know, very good this year. I thought last week, you know, he had this, the rough start. He gives up the three home runs, all solo shots, in a, in a game where the wind was whipping out of Duty Noble Field 20-plus miles an hour. Two of those shots would not have been home runs on a calm day. But then after that, he put, he put up, you know, zeros. I thought he pitched well. And he, I know the good stuff is there, so... Especially as a bullpen option, he definitely has my trust. Gartman is a guy two times through the order, Landon Gartman, as good as it gets. He's been really good for Mississippi State. He's just another guy at State. They did it against Kentucky and they did it against Vanderbilt. They just tried to extend him too far, and it just doesn't work out. He is he's, he's just not built for that third trip through the order. Last week, they gave him two trips through the order. He was fantastic. Fine. No problems. So that'll work. From the left-handed Pitchers guy for them for the lefties. There's really only the one guy, and that's Bradley Lofton. Lofton, and he's had some some control issues as well this year. But I know the stuff is great, 
and he has the right mentality. He's a, he's a strike thrower. He competes. I didn't mention Gerangelo, obviously, but I think I, f- I feel pretty confident we can we can trust in Gerangelo. He's not. I keep forgetting he's the BHP on the roster. I was like, where is he? He's down there. He's actually the last guy listed uh, by position. But Lofton is a guy I feel like you could you can rely on. Feel good for him. Look at this roster, by the way. How different is state is Stone Simmons and Brooks Auger available? Still both of those guys on the rehab from, from Tommy John. And, of course, another guy, Pico Khan, announced this week he's having Tommy John. That would be another great left-handed option for Mississippi State. He, I thought he was very impressive uh, a season ago as a freshman. Graham Eintema, I think, can be a matchup guy as a lefty. I think, you know, I don't know if you can rely on him for much more than an inning or two because he just doesn't have overpowering stuff. But if you need a left-handed pitcher in, in, in the right moment, I think he can be that guy for you. So how many guys is that for Mississippi State? I mean, we're talking about you got to get through 27 innings of baseball, right? And we and I, I'm giving I'm giving the thumbs up to what one, two, three, four, five, six, eight guys. Can eight guys split 27 innings between them in three days? I, if that's the case, if you feel like you can get that, then State has enough pitching options. Now I feel like they're going to continue to try to work Parker Stinnett into the games. He had a really, really rough return last Saturday. Didn't get an out, gave up four runs. Just just didn't look right. Last night he gets the start, gives up a leadoff home run, but then settles down, gets a couple of strikeouts, gets out of the inning, no more damage done. And, you know, Stinnett's a guy who, when he's been on his game, you've been able to see some things from him that make you think he could be a contributor. You know, but it's for me, it's been few and far between. So he is one of those guys. I really got to see him come out and get a, a couple of innings without any damage before I would say, yeah, you can feel good about putting putting Parker Stinnett in there. And then you've got some guys. That, I mean, just quite frankly, I I wouldn't trust right now. I wouldn't put them in in real situations. You know, Tyson Harden, Tyler Davis, those are guys. You know, right now, I, I just don't know. Brock Tapper is a guy that. He, I feel like he competes. He throws strikes. He's not, he's not in there just nibbling around the corners. So I feel like that's a guy maybe you can, you can trust a little bit. Um, and then Will Gibbs is sort of the same way. But both of those guys are freshmen. So I mean, they, they, you know, they, they're probably playing a little over their heads. But again, if I just need an inning or if I just need an at bat or two, especially from the, you know, Tapper being the left hander, you can do that. But you know, what's your best case scenario for state? Well, let's look at it. Would it be Kate Smith gets you five innings tomorrow, and then you follow him up with Holcomb for maybe three innings, two innings, and then you get the last two innings out of Aaron Nixon. Then you come to Saturday and you get maybe you use Gerangelo and Nate Dome, and then on Sunday you have Gartman and Lofton, and then it's, you know Sierra to back that up. That's the best-case scenario for Mississippi State. If I told Chris Lamonis this is how it went, I think he would probably tell me, well, Brian, we got two out of three at least, getting those kind of numbers from my pitching staff. Because you're not, it's not putting you in the position where you're going to that 10th guy. You know, Those first seven or eight guys from Mississippi State are perfectly capable of winning baseball games in the SEC. Good stuff, good, good command, compete. They've got it all. It's when you get past those guys that you start having the issues. And you still don't really have the alpha dog. you know. I think Gerangelo, actually, I'll be, I'll be totally honest with you, on my limited viewings of him, I think Bradley Lofton can be that guy in the future. 
He has the right attitude. He has a don't-take-any-crap attitude. Perfect for a, night, for a Friday night starter. He, he, he's going to go out there and shove, and he's going to put the ball in the strike zone and dare you to hit it. You know, when he walks, guys, he, he, it's not, he's, 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 missing, he's missing high and low. He's not missing on the corners. It's because he, you know, he's trying to throw heat. He's trying to get guys to chase. So we'll see. Hey, hey, Dad, do you think the season would look different if we'd won the first game at Kentucky? There's something. There's some thought to that for sure. You know, just to have the confidence of winning a game. But when you look at the scores of the next five games after that, it's difficult to say that any one of them would have been turned around. But being two and seven is a whole lot different than being one and eight at this point. At least it would feel that way for me. But they would maybe they would probably have a little bit more confidence. There, there was there definitely was something of like, gosh, we let that get away. And I, th- I think. You know, football coaches talk about all the time, don't let one game beat you twice. I feel like that game beat State twice. I think it, it, it carried over into Saturday for them at Kentucky. So very possibly, very possibly could have looked different. Mentioning uh, pitching coaches, Dan and Hasberg would be nice if we get Oz from USM. I think that would be a tough pull. I think Ostrander is quite happy at USM. But at the same time, financially, I don't know what his salary is at USM. I will just make an assumption that Mississippi State could beat it. So it becomes a question of, you know, do you want to do that? But at the same time, you know, he's very secure at USM. He's doing a great job down there. Do you want to come to Mississippi State and possibly only be there for a year? That's a tough sell. Now, that being said, if State ends up making a head coaching change, I would definitely make a move and try to try to get Ostrander out of USM. He's a, he's a good coach, good recruiter here in the state of Mississippi. That would be a guy that I would definitely make a move for. I don't know that you could do it. You know, I, I think he's got a good situation at Southern. My guess is, you know, I don't know how much longer Scott Barry's not going anywhere anytime soon, but if he decided to, Ostrander would be the top guy for that job, I would think. So that would be a very tough pull for Mississippi State. But it, he's an outstanding pitching coach. He's done a great job with that staff uh, down there in Hattiesburg. So we'll see how that goes. All right, let's talk football when we come back. Spring football about halfway done. Spring game is next week uh, for Mississippi State. What do we think? What are we seeing so far? Who's stepping up? We'll talk about that when we come back here on Thunder and Lightning Live on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Back here on Thunder and Lightning. I want to remind you guys, uh, this Friday, uh, Super Talk will be running best of shows, uh, all morning long and all day long. No, uh, no Gallo, no Middays, no Rebecca Turner, no Sports Talk. It'll all be best of, uh, for, for a good Friday as we all spend the day with our families and the Easter weekend. So that's exciting. And no Thunder and Lightning podcast on Friday, uh, either. So Robbie and I will take off on, uh, on Good Friday. Also, two weeks from today, uh, Robbie Falk will be hosting this very show. I will be on vacation. So, uh, Robbie will be here. Rhino, you will really have to use all of your powers, all of your skills to make sure that show goes well with Robbie. Cause you know, 
She's not as good as I am. What can you say? It's just, that's not an insult. It's just a fact of life. Yeah. So, Mississippi State football. Spring football going on uh, here in Starkville. First, uh, if you want to call it a scrimmage, Saturday they had that. You know, it, it wasn't as it wasn't as scrimmagey maybe as you th- you know it wasn't a start to finish scrimmage. But you're starting to see the, the what what Kevin Barbe's offense is going to look like. You're starting to see what he's going to expect from some players. What some of the play calling and the positions are going to look like. Um, and I think it's exciting. I think this is an offense that can that can be very successful, and I think it's got the pieces uh, to be successful. I saw an interesting article today, real quick. Let's sort of a, a go aside here, but um, Antonio Morales, who writes for the uh, the Athletic, he covers Southern Cal, uh, but of course you might remember him from his time here in the uh, state of Mississippi. He was the Ole Miss beat writer for the Clarion Ledger. Uh, wrote an article today where he he went back and re ranked the class of twenty twenty at the quarterback position. So guys who signed in 2020, so those are guys who would be you know, coming up on their senior year or their redshirt junior year or however it was. So let's take a quick look at it here. Bryce Young, number one, and he was the number one uh, quarterback in that in that class. Obviously lived up to the hype there, national champion, Heisman Trophy winner, will be a top five pick uh, next month, or I guess later this month in the draft. C.J. Stroud, number two in that group, number three quarterback overall coming out of high school. Uh, you know, two-time Heisman finalist. Ohio State to the football playoff. Really good player. He'll be a top five to top ten pick in the NFL draft coming up. Michael Pratt, number three. If you don't know who that guy is, he's the quarterback at Tulane. Had a fantastic year this year and led Tulane to a Cotton Bowl victory over USC. He's back for his senior year. He should be a, a potential first-round pick going to next year. So that's your top three guys. Two guys who are going to be picked in the top five of the NFL draft. And Michael Pratt, a guy who I think next year will be a first-round pick. Number four is Will Rogers. Number four quarterback in this class. He originally the number 22 quarterback in the class. Uh, who are these rankings from? Uh, 24-7, okay. Uh, here's what he says. Why he's here. Rogers, another former three-star prospect, has passed for 10,689 yards and 82 touchdowns over the past three seasons. He's also taken the Bulldogs from four wins in 2020 to seven in 2021 to nine in 2022. There may be more talented quarterbacks ranked below Rodgers, but none who have experienced as much success statistically and in the win column. It's true. It's very true. Will Rodgers is a very underrated player. You know, say what you want about anything. Say what you want about the system. Say what you want about Leach. Say what you want about the offense. The fact of the matter is, the man has gotten state better three straight years, four to seven to, to nine. You know, he's, he's, he's won games. He's won at Auburn. He's beaten Auburn two years in a row. How many Mississippi State quarterbacks can say it? That, yeah, we, I beat Auburn two years in a row. Dak can say it. Fitzgerald can't. John Bond can Jackie Parker, maybe? I mean, who, who, how many are we talking about? Uh, Rodgers has beaten Texas A&M two years in a row. Dak can't say that. Fitzgerald can. Uh, you know, beat Kentucky last year, two years ago, when they were ranked in the top ten. Beat Arkansas last season. Won the Egg Bowl last season. Won a bowl game last season. And so then you bring him into this new offense. You're asking new things of him. 
He's going to have more. He's going to have more and less responsibility at the same time. Less than that, the entire game isn't going to be thrown onto his shoulders. It's not going to be okay. Will we're throwing it fifty times? So you got to be good. Roger, the state can find state can win games this year where the there, where Rogers doesn't have his best game. I don't think they could do that last year. I say that they did win the Egg Bowl when he played terribly, but for the most part, the game was was put onto his shoulders. This year, you know, the running game will will share the load with him. But at the same time, they're going to ask a little bit more of him. You know, last year we all know that he he was really good at the short completion, intermediate completion. This year they're going to ask him for more in the deep passing game. The early returns out of spring practice are that he's he's acclimating well and that that deep ball is there for him, which is just going to drive me crazy. I'm just going to tell you the first time he drops like a 50 yard dime on somebody in stride, I'm just going to be I'm just going to scream to the heavens. Why didn't this happen before? He had the gun. Let's use it. But regardless. So that's good news for Mississippi State. And then the other the other good news for me is Rogers a senior or a junior. He is a true senior who can come back for one more season with a COVID year if he so desires. I don't believe that he will. I think Will Rogers will finish this year out and then attempt to make his fortune in the NFL or wherever he decides to go. That's my thought process. I could be wrong. Um, but I think Tulu Griffin, going back to that, is going to explode this year. Now, you may have seen he was already named as a second-team All-American as the all-purpose player of the kick returner uh, by, uh, gosh, I forget who it was, for publication it was. Maybe they may have been the athletic. But I think as just an offensive weapon this year, he's going to shine. I think Kevin Barbet, you know, he said we, we had him on uh, the Thunder and Lightning podcast. We had Chad Bumpus on this show, and then they talked about the same thing. You know, the, the, the purpose of this offense, the premise of this offense is, who is our best playmaker? Get the ball into his hands. That is going to be Tulu Griffin. So he's going to catch passes. He's going to run the football. I think he's going to be all over the field. They're going to move him around. He's definitely going to be in the slot this year, which God knows we, we, we did everything we could to talk that into existence a year ago and couldn't make it happen. This year it's happened. And that receiving core, I mean, there's some talent there. Justin Robinson is a talented guy. You saw some flashes from him last year, especially in the bowl game. I thought he was fantastic. Um, I thought I think that Xavion Thomas is a future star, another guy who gives you obviously a huge piece in the return game. And then a guy that you may not have heard of, Jordan Mosley, who's a transfer last year from Northwestern, uh, was good in practice a year ago but got injured and, and couldn't contribute in the regular season. I think he's going to have a big year. I think Jaden Wally, you know, his, I think this is his last year as well for Mississippi State. That's another guy I think is going to have a big year. So State's got some 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 potential playmakers there. Offensive line, we've talked about that before. Four starters returning. I feel good about those guys. I feel like they've got seven, eight guys they like, which is what you got to have in the SEC. You got to have your starters and three three guys that you can just bring off the bench at any position and feel good, where you can move guys around if you need to. I think State's got that depth. The defense is all about the secondary, right? It's all about finding replacements for Jackie Matthews, for Jalen Green, for Colin Duncan, and, of course, for Emmanuel Forbes. And the portal has been where State is going to do that over the last two years. That's where guys like Marcus Banks, Hunter Washington, Jordan Morant, Chris Keyes, Radar Jones, Kamari Rogers, all those guys are going to have a role. Jacoby Albert, I'm going to leave him out. They're all going to have a role to play back there. Because you know what you got at the linebacker position for the most part with Johnson and Watson coming back? 
probably John Lewis is that at that Sam position trying to replace uh, Tyrus Wheat, freak athlete from Germantown, top recruit in the state a couple of years ago. They need him to to finally step up. And then you know that defense was so much better a year ago when Jaden Crumedy was healthy and available those final five games of the year. I really do feel like he, he was a huge difference maker, and so having him back for another go round is going to be big. Jordan Davis, you know, he's battled so many injuries. Hopefully this is his final year because I think that's a guy potentially could be a huge piece for Mississippi State if he's healthy and able to go. And then you're going to see some young guys. You know, we, we talked a lot last year about Trevion Williams, the uh, Crystal Springs kid from uh, who was a true freshman last year. He's a redshirt freshman now. You know, I think from a talent perspective, from a physical perspective, he's got everything it takes to be that next great Mississippi State defensive lineman. But now he's got to show it. Because he's going to get opportunities. He and Calvin Dinkins, those two, those are two guys to watch out for. Two young guys, but I think are going to be a, play a big role for Mississippi State uh, here in in 2023. So there's a lot of questions to be answered, you know. And I'm looking forward to the spring game. Very much looking forward to it because it's going to be an actual game. So I feel like we might get some answers to those questions. Might see some of those you know, those guys make step up and make a play and go. Okay, that's momentum to carry into the fall. You know, somebody gets a, a big play, and you're like, okay, write that name down. We might come back to it in, in September. We'll see. Interesting, you know, it's so funny the questions we have now versus what we would have no questions about anything if Mike Leach were still with us, right? It would be like, this is what it's going to be. Defensively, this is what it's going to be, and you move forward. Instead, you got all these questions because you just don't know. You haven't seen. So we'll see it soon enough, though. April 15th. Uh, Mississippi State spring game should be a good one uh, there at Davis Wade Stadium. We'll wrap things up with you guys when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. Let's wrap it up here on a Wednesday evening with you guys. Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Always great to be with you on a Wednesday. Uh, one of the greatest to ever do it will be honored this. Uh, I'm sorry, next Friday at Mississippi State with the unveiling of the Ron Polk statue at Polk Dement Stadium. Uh, 3 p.m., so that's three hours before first pitch of uh, the, the first game of the series between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Um, in the Ackerson Wrightfield Plaza, there will be, you know, right where the Ron Polk Ring of Honor is, will be the uh, the unveiling of the Ron Polk statue. So State will have uh, Ron Polk in right field, and of course out front, Will Clark and Raphael Palmero. Uh, no word yet on the Brian Haydad statue. I would like to have that with me, and then like smaller statues of Bob Carscadden, Joel Coleman, and Robbie Falk around me, if that's possible. 
Well, I don't know where that statue would be put either. So there's not enough room in, in the baseball press box for for that. It's just the press the press box at MSU is it's not good. Let's just leave it at that. But is there any one sports figure that has more? So like Bryant Denny Stadium, and there's a there's a statue of Bear Bryant outside. But there's also statues of all the other coaches that have won national titles. There's a Gene Stallings, there's a Nick Saban, uh, Frank Thomas, Wallace Wade. I think has one. I could be wrong. Other than that, though, I mean, there's not a lot. I mean, you got Polk Dement Stadium. The stadium's named after him. The Ring of Honor is named after him. And now we have a statue. Well deserved for Ron Polk, who, regardless of what Richard Cross says, is one of the greatest college baseball coaches of all time. Don't let Richard uh, fool you on that at all. So, great for Coach Polk. We, we need to get him on a show one of these days. The problem is that i got to have him, like, live. There's no, there's no, there's no, uh, Calling him, I gotta have him in the studio. I don't, I don't feel like calling him would go well. That's not a man who uh, he he does have a brick cell phone. He has the old Nokia, or he may have a flip phone now. I don't know. He may have upgraded. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Mark Gregory could tell me if he's listening. This article, I want to real quick. I want to go back to it. There's some. I mean, Rogers is ranked ahead of some guys on this list. Anthony Richardson's fifth guy, who's probably going to be a top five pick just a few weeks, but. When you talk about what they've done on the field, Rodgers versus Richardson, it's not close. It's not even close. I mean, there's a gap there. Tyler Van Dyke has been really, was really good uh, at Miami. We'll see if he can be bounced back. He had a rough year last year. Uh, DJ, oh, God, here we go. DJ Ugalalele, I think I got that right, is on this list. Now, you know, he's at Oregon State now after having transferred from Clemson. But, you know, been a good player for them. I'm trying to see if there's anybody on the, you know, I thought that was a song in Robin Hood. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. No other big names on this list. 2020 was not a fantastic year for quarterbacks. Well, I say that. All right, the top two guys were awesome. Who was number two, by the way? So number one guy in that class was Bryce Young. Number number three was C.J. Stroud. Who was number two? Was it Ugalale? It was. Okay. And now he's down to 10th. I think he could have a big bounce back year at Oregon State, though, so we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. All right. Hope you guys are enjoying my spring uh, wraparound that we're doing on uh, on Thunder and Lightning on the podcast. Like I said, uh, I mentioned for tomorrow's show, we're talking Auburn and Arkansas. So for Auburn, we got our uh, Nebias Wilborn uh, from AL.com, one of my favorite interviews of anybody. And then Trey Biddy, nobody knows more about Razorback football than that guy does from hogsports.com. Please check out those interviews. Plus, we preview the uh, the Alabama series on tomorrow's pod, and then we are taking Friday off. We'll take, uh, you know, I, I say we're taking Friday off. In reality, we're taking Thursday off because we would record it the day after. But I don't, want, I don't want to have to do future Brian. I don't want to have to come back after that baseball game. So whatever happens, happens. We'll catch you, catch you guys up on uh, on Sunday next week. I guess next week is I'm going alphabetically on the spring series. It'll be two team states not playing. Florida and Georgia, but I think those are two intriguing teams. You got obviously got the two-time national champions there. What can they do for a a three-peat? After you look at their schedule, they should go undefeated. So they're going to be in the mix. And then Florida, right? Year two of Billy Napier, they have to be better. They have to they have to move forward. If they don't, he's going to lose his job. That's a guy who was one of the hottest coaches in the country just a couple of years ago. 
But you can't you can't go six and seven at Florida and then follow it up with seven and six or eight and five. You just can't. I wonder if that would put Scott Strickland in any danger. That's that would be three coaches he's had to let go. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Thanks for joining me here tonight. I appreciate it. Love talking MSU sports with you guys. Uh, we'll do it again next week. And, of course, Sports Talk Mississippi back tomorrow, 3.06 p.m. We'll do a Food Thursday tomorrow on Sports Talk. That'll be fun. Uh, plus, we'll talk baseball and a lot of college football. And who knows what other shenanigans we'll get into. We talked about a naked guy on a school bus with a dead deer today. Things happen. Hope you guys tomorrow. For Rhino down there in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.